Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Thinking Pilates podcast. This is episode 29. And yes, this is Chantel. I sound a little bit not like myself, um, but indeed it is me. And I am joined today with the mighty Joseph Quinn. Hello, Joseph. Hello. <laughs> so Joseph and I have quite a long history, um, and we're going to get into a little bit of that. It's a pretty cool history, um, kind of a neat origin story. Uh, Joseph is definitely one of my favorite people in the whole world. We met. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I just don't know that many people, that's all. <laughs> um, Joseph and I met in 2001-ish. 2002 Something around, yeah, 2002, 2001, yeah. somewhere around, right around there. Uh, in, yeah, because I, I, I graduated from school in 2001, and then was bopping around for a little bit, and then had my Pilates discovery, and uh, just dove right in. So I'd say somewhere around 2002 to 2003. Yeah, so we met uh, in our um, Pilates teacher training. It was my second teacher training, and we were training with um, Carol Appel from Body Kinetics, uh, back then, Body yay, Kinetics. Yay, Carol! Yeah, yay, Carol. We're going to give Carol a lot of shout, a shout out, I think, a lot, um, as we go along in this conversation. So we'll get back to that. Um, I was having two, uh, kind of hilarious thoughts as I was preparing for this podcast, Joseph, and one was that the last podcast I did with James Crater, the title of that podcast was No Fucking Around. Um, and I thought, uh, I thought you and I also, um, share a love of profanity, which is one of the things I love about you. So I'm now stymied about what the title of this podcast will end up being, which got me to laughing. One of the reasons we have been in touch a lot lately is because of this very cool, I'd say revolutionary project that you're working on called Pilates Metrics. Before we get into Pilates Metrics, I just want to know that, that did you just give me the green light that it's okay for me to maybe perhaps swear a couple of times? Is this a family podcast or am I just letting swearing the real is, me out? Swearing is on the up and up. You have the green light. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Have the green, I do have two light. small children in my house, so yeah. um, I have it. My daughter turns three tomorrow, um, so she's picking up words a lot, so I've really been working on my no-swearing policy, so I'm glad to know that I'm in a safe place, and if a couple of F-bombs fly out, it's, it's okay. Yeah, absolutely, and I don't actually want to jump into Pilates metrics quite yet. Um, what I would like to do is start with, uh, you know, just when we met, that, that experience of being in a very intense environment together, some of the things, you know, off the bat that I remember um, about our cohort was when you were the only male in our oh, yeah. relatively small cohort. Um, and you were the most inflexible person I think I have ever met in my entire life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> these, thing, these things are very true. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, I like to, uh, be the old guy on the lawn, uh, because, Back in our day, there were no such things called modules, right? Yeah, right. This whole idea that you could like pick and choose. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do my reformer this month, and maybe a few months later, I'll do my chair work. And <laughs> I've already completed my entire mat work, but I haven't done anything on the Cadillac. No, there was none of that shit. I mean, you were committed. You were in. You had to be at the studio 
studio multiple days a week, mostly, you know, set hour minimums, uh, working for nothing, <laughs> teaching Pilates, doing everything around the studio. Yeah. Uh, it was a totally different experience than, than these young whippersnappers out there today. That's right. But it was, uh, uh, it was an extraordinary, extraordinary experience. Yeah. And, um, uh, one of the things I wanted to just kind of, uh, orbit around was Carol and, not only, not only the intensity of our program, which was, um, you know, nonstop for about a year and then however long it took you to get your act together and complete all your, you know, practice and your teaching. Um, but it was intense. So people were having, um, oh, damn, hold on a second. Okay. I just had like a weird uh, recording. Okay. Totally fine. I'm back on track. Yeah. Um, people were having emotional breakdowns, crying in the hallway. I definitely had one myself at some point. Um, mm -hmm. it yeah, was, those, were, those, those definitely happened. Yeah. Physically really intense, uh, very, very high demand, high expectations, which um, honestly, of all the training programs I investigated before I started, that's the reason I chose Carol's. So so we were in a we were in a pretty pretty intense um you know, situation together for a while. And not only was I taken aback by your lack of flexibility, <laughs> but your, your absolute, um, uh, ability to like bring humor to every situation, um, to stay very light, to kind of buoy people and bring, bring us all together when, you know, you were surrounded by a bunch of weeping women. Um, the, the, the experience for me was really awesome, and I definitely attribute a lot of my um, professional success to being in that environment and being led by Carol and the other master teachers, and also for, you know, you and for the others that were in our program. I want to know what that experience was like for you, for all the men listening. Um, I want to know what that was like. I want to hear it from the story. Yeah, so that, that was, um, there was an element we have to attribute to Carol, right? I mean, I, I honestly had no business being in the program. Um, I had not done enough Pilates to to warrant being in there. I didn't have the experience. I had only been doing a Pilates a relatively short time. I was very passionate about my Pilates practice. Yes, I was devoted. I was doing it nonstop. But as you mentioned, I was incredibly inflexible. Um, I, you know, I was unable to perform a lot of the more basic Pilates exercises. And, but I had a passion for it. And uh, when I met with Carol about getting into the program, um, she was very blunt with me. She <laughs> said, if you were a woman, there's absolutely no way that you would be getting into this program. Um, if you were a gay man, Sorry, but you wouldn't be getting into this program. Uh, she said the fact that you are a young, straight male. At this point, I was in my early 20s. Um, I spent 22 or 23. And uh, she, she said, you know, the fact that you are a young, straight male, you will be able, you have the potential to get Pilates to audiences that I myself couldn't reach. Mm. And so she's like, it's going to be a lot of work for you. It's going to be a lot of work for me, uh, but I'm not doing this for either of us. I'm doing this for Pilates because I think that you could reach uh, a, a different audience. 
So um, I was being graded on a curve, no doubt. <laughs> I love that. And so get, that. getting into the program, of course, you know, naturally walking into the studio, uh, there was, uh, I was the only man, of course. And, you know, we, you know, as soon as we got going, I think it was all probably like one of the first days, and we got on the reformer. And there were six reformers in the room and multiple women, uh, you know, the master teachers as well as Carol. And uh, it was lots of excitement. And um, we, you know, get into the footstraps to go for basic beginner frog press. And I tried to do it. And, my, you know, I came from a soccer and sports background. So I had these terribly tight hamstrings and overdeveloped quads and an incredibly weak inner thighs. So all of a sudden... We try to do the frog press, and I cannot keep my heels together for the life of me. I mean, these things are like bouncing as they go out. And she immediately stops the class and calls everyone off of their reformers and brings everyone around the reformer. So now everyone is standing around my reformer. And she's like, Joseph, do it again. And, of course, I just flounder it as I'm going. And she keeps me doing it and then, you know, says, look, it, here we have a seemingly strong young man who's unable to perform this very basic exercise. And it just breaks down all of my weaknesses right in front of everyone. Um, so it, it immediately established, you know, like where I was. And this is not going to be a, a, you know, a cuddly-feely event. This is, you know, Correct. we're going to call things like we see it. And that was uh, one of the ways in which Carol, uh, you know, she led that program with like, we're, we're, we're not going to treat you with kids' gloves because that's not the way life is. Me too. And I'll have to say, I remember that moment and it was not the only time that she did that to you. And I think she probably did uh -huh. that to you more than anybody else. But we all found uh -huh. ourselves in that situation at some point, you know, being totally called out. Um, yeah, she had incredibly high expectations and she was unapologetic about the way that she uh, trained us and, and, you know, why she wanted us to know the things that we um, were learning. It was pretty, pretty phenomenal. Um, when I look around now at some of, you know, the education and, and the way that we're all, we're approaching it, um, I feel really, really lucky to have had that. And, um, yeah, poor Joseph. So, yeah, it's the last of, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, we're, we're kind of a last of a particular generation, you know, yeah. the fact that it, everything has moved to modules and, yeah. you know. Um, and, and just we as a society is are, are more sensitive to other people's feelings, you know, and everyone needs to be in their safe place. Okay. Um, and it was just like, no, there's going to be none of that. Yeah, um, none you know, of that. She'll cut you down when, when you need it and when you deserve it. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you call, call it for what it is and make no excuses. And so uh, that type of uh, severity is uh, what it really takes, especially if you're trying to go out into the world and not just be a Pilates instructor. That's right. uh, you know, she she wanted you to be a businessman or businesswoman, and yes. she wants you mm -hmm. to you know to know the ins and outs of uh, what are, what is expected of you uh, as a professional. So you yeah. know, it was you know yeah. she gave many. She would go to the conferences and, and lecture about Pilates as a business, and mm -hmm. um, so you know we got that consistently, which is something that a lot of other programs. Do not, you know, the, unfortunately you get, sometimes you get, to, you know, as a studio owner, I've encountered many different instructors from many different backgrounds, and uh, um, some people would be brilliant teachers of the actual work, but as far as being professionals uh, within the studio and within the community, uh, just didn't, uh, didn't cut it yeah. from what my expectations are for what we were supposed to be. Yeah, 
Yeah, I definitely have had the same experience uh, over time of, of realizing, finding myself over and over again realizing like, huh, other people, one, don't have the skill set that I have, and two, people don't have the same expectations of themselves that I was trained mm-hmm. to have. Um, and exactly. again, I keep, I, I bring, I really, really feel like even though there's, you know, I've done so much since then, uh, I learned a ton, the root of that desire to be really, um, professionally accountable and to, you know, just to be responsible in that way really comes from Carol's program. One of the things, um, when you were talking, it made me realize there's, there's something I talk about to my teachers which is, you know, like no, no empty praise. Like no, don't say good. Don't say awesome. Don't say beautiful. Don't say perfect. Like, you know, we get into this kind of, um, habit of, uh, praising every small, um, what accomplishment, even when it's not an accomplishment, it's just like, Oh, you put your feet in the straps. Oh, that's so great. You're like, Oh, you it is, it is, I, I totally hear what you're saying, that, you know, in this one weird sense, uh, instructors sometimes become cheerleaders, right? And because is uh, there is this business element, right? You are trying to sell Pilates, not just provide Pilates education, but you're trying to get paid. Um, so you want the person to have a positive movement experience and feel good about themselves so they'll come back. But then you're also like, okay, where is the, where is that line? You know, where am I, like, getting this person excited about them moving their bodies um, because it's important for them to appreciate their movement, right? It, even if it's just, you know, kneesers or feet and straps doing big leg circles and getting that mobilization in the hip, like you want them to experience that mentally. So you're trying to like, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. But you also don't want to make them feel like, you know, you want to make sure that they are feeling uh, the progress in a, in a proper way. Yeah. That they know that they're building on something. Yeah, well, I'm all about being a cheerleader. I think it's important that we're, you know, offering positive feedback and support. But what's really interesting to me is that we just, to me, it's more of a product of um, lack of attention, like just kind of getting bored right. with what we're doing. Like, nice job, nice job. Oh, that was great, perfect, uh, great, good. Right. Like, well, what's good? <laughs> you know, like as a student, I knew for myself, like I just kind of stopped listening. Like, I, it's not right. great. It's, you know, it's like nothing was spectacular about that. I, if, if you're going to give me praise, I want it to have some value. And if, if it's going to have value, I need to know that it's actually something that I've, you know, really done well. If Neesters are, you know, are progress or I did them really well, like, let me know, like, man, those Neesters are the best I've seen you do. You know, you're really getting the pelvis still and you're getting the mobility in the hip, you know, like be specific, but kind of to bring it full circle, I feel like one of the things I really appreciated about our experience is that whenever I was praised, man, it meant something. Uh It re I knew that if she said I was doing something well, I was doing it really well. Like I had actually achieved something. I was shining on your face. That's right. (laughs) So, so it just, uh, you know, all these very interesting, um, threads that have come out of that experience. I mean, just continue to kind of, um, you know, weave through my own teaching and my own experience. Um, so what? uh, Yeah, it's incredible. And and the fact that, that, you know, the friendship that you and I have maintained and our good friend Amber Brookman who came through yeah. the program with us, you know, these uh, wonderful, beautiful people that we went to battle with, right? I mean, yeah. it's just a very transformative experience 
uh, filled with stress and love and tears and all these various things, but we went through it together. So there's kind of this bond that we have, um, you know, whether it's a, you know, a, a sisterhood plus a, an honorary brother. <laughs> plus a bro. <laughs> yeah, a sisterhood plus a bro. Um, yeah. And the relationship, I think, uh, for me, uh, and I would, uh, I'm going to venture to guess, but I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You know, my relationship with Carol over the years has certainly evolved um, into what I would definitely say is a um, friendship. I mean, we, we went from student and teacher to, um, you know, the moment we became colleagues was a little rough, I have to say. We had, we had, we had some moments, um, but, but we got through that and we collaborated on some things. And, um, you know, and then we came out on the other side as friends and I, that too is like, that's a pretty cool evolution, um, to, you know, to move from, yeah, that, from that. To, to, yeah, to move, to move along in these, uh, I, I, I wish that I, <laughs> I mean, I know that we are colleagues, but she's always going to be, you know, my teacher, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, I once wrote like a funny post, uh, comparing, you know, as in with vampires, right? When a vampire <laughs> turns someone, it becomes their progeny. And uh-huh. that person is always like their, their senior, right? At uh-huh. all times, no matter what goes on, no matter how many hundreds of years pass. Yes. Um, and I jokingly referred to myself as her progeny. Um, <laughs> and using, you know, vampires as a metaphor. Yes. Um, so, so when I, you know, launched this prog- uh, this project that we recently, that, you know, that we will eventually talk to, talk about in this podcast, um, she was one of the first people within the Pilates industry that I shared it with, even though I'd been working on it for many, many, many months. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I was certainly nervous showing her, you know, because that's the, the, the level of respect that I have and then, you know, the amount that I owe her. I mean, yeah. uh, um, as far as Pilates goes, I owe her everything, right? Mm-hmm. That she's a person who I don't know if I would be where I am right now if it wasn't for the training that I got from her. And Pilates has led me to, you know, entrepreneurship and Pilates has led me to meeting uh, a beautiful woman who became my wife and Mm -hmm. we have kids and we have all of these crazy things that have happened in my life that have come directly from Pilates Mm -hmm. and that training that I got from her. It's, uh, um, you know, there's, uh, it is a, she is a a figure that is uh, integral in uh, the development of me becoming, um, you know, a boy coming out of college to uh, a young man, and now, now I guess I'm getting kind of oldish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old. I'm not gonna go old all the way. I'm like, still hanging on to my thirties by a thread, but you know, I'm knocking on the door of being an old guy. So uh, yeah, easy yeah, does it. Easy. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I uh, when I talk about Carol to my teachers, um, what I always say is that I still consider her my primary mentor. I mean, when I Uh I feel like I have, you know, a question that I can't answer or a project I want advice on, um, she still is in the realm of the people that I turn to. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, One of the things I wanted to share, which I think just uh, speaks to a little bit more to who you are, which is um, when we entered our program, we had to audition uh, and... (laughs) And of course, uh, I think probably the rest of us did a Pilates audition, but not you, not you. No. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your uh, quote-unquote Pilates audition. Uh, yes, 
Well, she wanted, she said, I want to see you teach me something. Mm -hmm. I want you to teach me how to do something. So I just want to hear you as a teacher. Um, and I came into Pilates through music. Most, uh, at that point in the Pilates era, Pilates history, most people were coming into Pilates through dance, through movement of some, mm -hmm. some sort. And I was coming through, uh, actual musicianship. I was playing guitar and I was studying music at UC Berkeley and I was always hunched over my guitar and wrecked my lower back and uh, those back problems led to all kinds of other problems in my body and that which got me to Pilates and you know it changed my body so much that uh, and alleviated pain so much that I was like well I want to keep going down this rabbit hole as a professional so that, and that's how I got you know headed into the program but when it came time for me to teach uh, teach Carol something I brought an extra guitar, I brought my guitar and another guitar, and I, it was my intention to uh, teach her the opening guitar riff to Bob Marley's Redemption Song, uh -huh. and it just so happened that her son was at the studio that day, mm -hmm. and gosh, I don't know how old he was, but he was a, a youngster. Little, uh, yeah. What's that? Little, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, he was little, and she's like... You know, what are you going to teach me? And in fact, you're going to teach my son Julian. And yeah. I was like, well, here we go. So then she watched me teach Julian, you know, learn to play the opening guitar rift from Redemption Song. Yeah. And uh, um, it was just, you know, and she was quite amused by it. You know, I, I do love, because I, I had been teaching guitar, you know, while I was in, co uh, in college. I was working at a uh, after school program. And then on the side of that, I would teach kids how to play guitar. Um, and, uh, um, so something I was comfortable doing and I loved doing, and she could see, um, some, you know, some joy and some fun that I had in teaching while still being thorough with my technical musical background. So she's like, okay, all right, I, I can see, you, you know, you may not know shit about Pilates <laughs> and you may have terribly tight hamstrings and this is going to be a boatload of work, but I see a teacher inside of you yeah. and, uh, yeah. you know, and so I've always had, uh, you know, a special place in my heart for her son, Julian, yeah. who's now, you know, a world traveler. And just yeah, a, a, he's a been in general Vietnam. awesome kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally cool. So you are, um, in my experience, an excellent musician, and it's really been a pleasure to hear you play and sing, um, you know, off and on over the years. I was telling a friend, you know, we're all preparing to go to the PMA here in a couple of weeks, and I was telling a friend about, um, I don't know if you remember this. I'm sure you do. I think it was the PMA conference down in Palm Springs. Um, oh, yeah. You and I were like, are you going? I don't know. I, I'm going to be there. Are you going? I don't know. I'm coming. No, I'm not. And then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm totally here. I don't have a ticket, but I'm going to be playing music in the, you know, in the main hall or whatever. And I was like, shut right. up. What are you talking about? You're bringing your guitar and you're just going to set up and play music? Like in the, what was it, like the expo hall or something? Yeah, no, it's just like sing for your supper. I, they, they did a IMPMA video contest that I submitted to like the last minute. And they, you know, I was for that little video, which I believe is still on YouTube. Um <laughs> They, they said that I could come on down, and they're like, you know, can you help out? And I was just like, well, <laughs> I wanted to, uh, I, you know, help in my own way. And I was like, well, I could bring down my music setup, and I could play, you know, at the expo and at the sip and shop, and before.
skating, uh-huh. not doing Pilates and hanging out. Yeah. Like I was plugging my amp and playing some tunes. And they yeah. thought that was great. So uh, that started my friendship with Amanda, uh, with you know, everyone down at the PMA. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, they've been, uh, they've been supportive of uh, the various uh, ventures that I've had. So it's been, a, a, it, was a, it was my first exposure hanging out with Elizabeth Anderson and the whole crew down there and make, making a lot of friends on that trip that uh, are people that I know now hold very near and dear. Yeah. And that's one of those, it's one of those things that I think that, you know, that are, that the conference, conferences are really important for continuing education first and foremost, of course, but it's also bonding with other people, you know, realizing that you know, sometimes the, the struggle that one goes through as an instructor, uh, whether it's the learning process or the business process or just not getting stagnant, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, look at, you know, what you've done with skillful teaching, like the idea of like finding fulfillment and pushing forward and going deeper into the work with for your own self and for your clients. Yeah. Um, but man, you know, it's like, it is, it's a process. It's an up and down process. It's a, you know, we all have a relationship with Pilates as Pilates professionals. And so to be sometimes, you know, you, you, when you go to an event like that, uh, it's always like, am I going to make it? Do I have the pennies to scrounge together to make this happen? You know, like <laughs> taking time off work. What am I, you know, so it's like always this kind of circus putting it together. Yeah. But once you're there, you just have such a blast and it's just like, ah, my people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, you instantaneously understand and, and uh, you know, seeing the generations of teachers and, and also the different lineages and, you know, you know uh, appreciating the diversity of the work. Um, so, but yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, you and I said, we're like, are we going, are we not going? And then all of a sudden we were both there. And yeah, uh, awesome. I was making lots of noise with guitars and loop samplers and stuff yeah. like that. And that was also the year Carol was there. She hadn't been in a while. And if I recall, yeah. um, uh, uh, we had, um, another, one of our master trainers who taught us, Pamela Corey was there and another, Damn. yeah, who's going to be there this um, year too. And, um, one of our fellow, uh, trainees, Sachi McDonald was also there and she will be there yeah. this, um, in, in a few weeks. So that was, that was a really I think that, cool that- one. That kind of goes back to some of Carol's teaching again. I mean, I know this is turning into a giant Carol love fest, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I, got, I, I can preach for days. Uh, the, but the, the concept that Pilates is bigger than any one of us individuals. It's bigger than Carol. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. Uh, that there's, you know, that there's a, a greater entity that, that, you know, that it exists unto itself and that there's something that you need to be respectful of and you need to represent and you need to, you know, res- you know know where it has come from and try to push it forward and always, you know, represent it in a good way. So yeah. I don't think that, this, that the fact that our group was so small, that the groups that came through the program and our own particular group, which I believe, what, there are eight of us or so? Yeah, I um, think so. But the fact that, you know, we are all active participants in pushing the work forward, yeah. right? That, that we're, we're, Pilates, we're, we're Pilates instructors first and foremost, um, but we're all trying to continually push the boundaries and, and, and the reach of the work out. It's like, it's, it's, we owe it to the work to do that. So, um, it's a, you know, a testament to that, that teaching that we are all contributing in our own way to the greater good of the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you have, uh, since, you know, we matriculated, 
um, have opened a studio. Um, I mean, that was a long time ago, 2004. Real People Pilates yep. in Berkeley, which, um, as you so eloquently put it earlier, is in a very quiet phase right now. And the, the reason, the the reason being um, this this big project that you're you know you've been working on with Corinne and developing over the last few years. Um, Corinne is my Corinne is my wife, everybody. Yes, you know. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes, Corinne is your beautiful yep, wife. She's- and you have, and she's also a Pilates instructor as well. Yes, and you have two beautiful girls, two darling, sweet, I do. toe-headed girls. Um, yeah. So I want to, I really do want to talk about Pilates metrics, but before we get there, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do a show with you, Joseph, not only because we are friends. Um, but because I really value your approach to the work and I value your authenticity, um, you've always been really authentic and I wanted to share something that I thought might be interesting for people who are listening, um, which, which is just this, I mean, I'm not sharing anything new. I'm sharing a conversation you and I had, uh, with some other people on Facebook recently. Um, and I think it just it points to or points out, um, one of your unique qualities. And I think one of the reasons why people are drawn to you, um, why you've done so well, why you've traveled the world, why you've, you know, from my perspective, you know, of course the way we see others is always a partial view, but, um, you've really lived life fully and done a lot of great things and you've taken a lot of risks uh, not all of which I think, you know, always pan out the way that we want them to, but this, this, um, just this quality that you have that I think, um, makes you really unique. Uh, and this is, you're welcome. This is a, this is an example of that. So, uh, so I posted on the skillful teaching, uh, uh, page of, I don't know, it's been like a week, two weeks ago. Um, a question about student teacher relationships. How do you feel about them? Do you have boundaries? Um, do you struggle? What do you struggle with within a teacher, you know, student teacher relationship? We had some really lovely, lovely, insightful, very thoughtful comments. Um, uh, we, not everybody was of the same mind. Um, no, of course not. And, they should not be. Yeah, of course. That's what we want. That's what we, we want to you know, we want discourse, we want discussion and we want, um, you know, opposing opinions. Uh, and for the most part, I think before you chimed in, um, people were kind of like maybe being a little bit cautious, uh, either representing themselves, um, cautiously and, or, you know, really honestly, um, I think what is true for most teachers, not all, as we saw within the discussion on the Facebook page, um, you know, people are cautious about, about how they build relationships. They think it's important, obviously, uh, and they think they need to have clear boundaries. Um, but let's, let's talk about this. What, what's your feeling about this, Joseph? Maybe you can share a little bit of what you shared with us on the Facebook page. Uh, yes, but, uh- well, I think that it's different for every instructor and for every person, right? And, uh, um, you know, it kind of goes with what your personality is and, and what makes sense and, and works for you. Um, but, you know, I've been teaching now, I don't know, 14 years or so. Um, and, you know, there came a point, you know, in the post, I mentioned a story 
where I had been teaching. I had started teaching at 5 in the morning, had done this long stretch of teaching, and then I, um, afterwards, it was like, by this point, it was like 9.30 in the morning or 10 in the morning. So I went to a cafe to have a little bit of breakfast, and, uh, and a, the duet that I had just taught came in, and I didn't notice they came in, and they found the booth. Um, and to this point, I'd always kind of maintained a very strict, like, okay, this is a profession. I'm a professional. You are my client. This is the relationship we have. Very clear uh, and delineated. Um, and the uh, the wife of the husband and wife team, Bruce and Carolyn, uh, who I now call Bruiser and Pink, uh, <laughs> Carolyn came over to me and kind of startled me as I was sitting there eating my breakfast. And she's like, hey, do you want to come over and eat with us? And immediately I flipped on a professional mode and I was like, you know, this is my quiet time. I've been teaching all morning. I just need to kind of recharge my batteries before I head back to the studio. You know, use that as kind of a buffer, but also, you know, internally to maintain that line in the sand Mm -hmm. as to where I was. And I saw the look on her face kind of go from big smiles to kind of like, you know, what the fuck? Uh, so she's like, oh, okay. And she went back and sat down at the booth with her husband, uh, who's a brilliant, wonderful man who I, you know, truly respect, I love and respect both of them. Uh, but it was, I just saw her tell him like, oh, he's not going to come over. And I watched him kind of shrug and I kind of, you know, close his eyes and drop his head to the side. Kind of like, yeah, well, Hey, what are you going to do? Um, and I just felt like a total jerk. (laughs) I was just like, who the hell do I think I am? You know, like. And these are people, and uh, I interact with these people multiple times a week. And, you know, I talk with them more than I talk with some of my closest friends because mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, week in and week out. And right. we're interacting on, a, on an intimate level, like one-on, you know, one-on-one, or in this case, one-on-two. Right. Um, to then see them in public and rebuff them, was just it just seemed uh, contrary to every fiber of my being as, mm-hmm. a, as, a, as a friendly person because yeah. um, that's who I naturally am. Uh, so I just walked over and I apologized. I was like, I'm sorry, I've been teaching all morning and I, I would love to have breakfast with you. Um, and we had a great time. And they, you know, from that point forward, I was just like, I can provide people with tremendous Pilates and help them understand their bodies and, and, and move forward in a, you know, with, with the positive movement experience. Um, but I don't have to put down the shield of my personal self. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the studio is certainly not my place to, talk about what's going on in my life, right? right this is their right. session where I'm working with them, but I, I can, uh, um, I don't have to have this iron curtain there. Mm-hmm. And I felt like my teaching opened up and my joy in the teaching opened up. And I, you know, these, um, you know, many of these are people that I've developed relationships with now inside the studio and outside of the studio. Mm-hmm. And I think my, uh, the closing line I had on that post, um, was that I love my clients as human body puzzles, mm-hmm. but I love them more as human beings. Yeah. And that's kind of what, uh, uh, that's kind of where I've, uh, where I kind of rested. And that, and then all of a sudden, you know, when you open, when you open yourself up to that type of relationship and love, and kind of like, okay, let's, you know, I can learn, I can learn from these people too. These are mm-hmm. you know brilliant, wonderful people that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that there needs to be a discourse here that goes back and forth. This is not a lecture. Uh, I want to know what's going on with their bodies and how they feel and how, you know, what's happening in their lives that's affecting how they're moving. If they come in and are moving like crap, it's like, what's going on? And they're right. like, I'm actually really distracted about this. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so let's, okay, 
now that I understand that, let's readjust this session so it matches up with what you, what you need right now. Right. Um, but it's a, uh, it's you know, it's, it's a process. Like I said, it's I totally get it if people want to maintain that professional line in the sand and keep it all business. But uh, but I found that for me personally, my personality, it was it lent itself to be um, you know more more open and, and boisterous and, and silly and, you know, a lot of other feelings that, uh, that one has in life. Cause, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to shut yourself off yeah. because you're trying to get them to enjoy themselves and enjoy their bodies and enjoy their life. Right. The whole you know, ethos of Joseph Pilates is return to life. Like let's have fun with this. Like let's not give up on everything. Uh, yeah. let's make sure everything's working properly so you can get out there and do the things you love. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, yeah, so that's kind of the gist of my post there. Yeah. Well, what's, I think, the most revealing to me is just not, you know, or the most important, I think, or valuable piece is in this whole discussion with all the, you know, various people who, who commented, um, you know, it's not really about where you find yourself falling on, you know, that side of the line, friends or no friends, but rather the process that you're describing of having a moment where you became really aware of, like, I've been holding myself to a certain, um, uh, framework of professionalism, but, but it's just, it just is not a reflection of who I am. And as soon yeah. as you, you know, as soon as you had that, Fake as hell. yeah, Fake as hell. yeah, this yeah. Is not who I, and it takes effort, man. That takes work to be in, you know, in articulate, in authentic, right. To, yeah. to not let yourself shine through. Absolutely. It's like, I love this work and I love everything that's going on here. Let me just be myself. Yeah. And it's just so much, you know, it's just like, Oh, this is way easier. And then you're getting, you know, like you're going to attract clients that you want to be with and they want to be with you. Right. If you're playing poker with your clients and it's just like this, okay, it's this very cut and dry relationship. I mean, it, that takes work, man. Uh, but if you allowing yourself to open up, um, and be your natural self, whatever that is. It takes it takes effort. It takes effort, and to 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 close yourself off. I think yeah. um, it's much easier, you know, to be free, to be who you are, and then that's going to attract the clients that who dig on who you are, right? Because yeah. man, it's, you know, I've been with clients that where our personalities don't quite mesh, and I'm trying to you know close myself off, so you know that there's that friction doesn't exist. Um, or trying to not let, you know, not let them get going on the things that irritate me. Um, you know, it's just like, sometimes like you're just not a good fit for a client and you can't, you know, there's, it's, that's fine. That's totally cool. That's why you, it's why it's great to have a studio with different instructors and let clients try the different instructors and try mm-hmm. to find someone that matches with, you know, like, Oh, their teaching style works great. You know, I mean, I, we, you know, this project that we've working on has, has taken us out of real book bodies and we shut it down by 80%. And my wife and I moved out to the central Valley to work on it. And so I have taken over some of my wife's clients and like, it's totally cool, but they're totally honest that they're like, they love my wife. And they're like, yeah. Hey, she's back in town. I want to work with her. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's cool. I, I totally get it. Right. Yeah. And it's not like she's a better teacher or I'm a better teacher or any of those things. You just want to like, it's, you don't want to get into that judgment, but you just let people, you know, let yourself be yourself and then let people work out with who they want to. Yeah. Well, I think regarding this situation, the student teacher relationship and so many other things, when you start to feel like 
um, you're, you don't enjoy showing up for work or it's the teaching is hard or it's harder than it should be, or you're not getting results. I mean, it's like, those are all really, um, clear red flags that, that maybe, maybe you're not in alignment with, you know, who you, who you really want to be. You're trying to be something that you think you should be. And I think this is a, I think it can be the trap of quote unquote professionalism. Uh, of course, I think being professional and having a level of, uh, you know, really high standard of professionalism is important. Um, but I think we have to come up with our own understanding of that. We have to define that for ourselves and not let, you know, other people define it for us. And it just was really refreshing, um, to, to hear that from you, not surprising at all. Um, you know, and, and I think as you mentioned, it's like, sure, it takes another level of work, um, you know, keeping your clients on track and keeping the, you know, the personal stories and, you know, the, the, you know, therapy stuff out of the studio. Um, there's, it's a different, it's just a different, it's just a different mix of, you know, ingredients. Um, I know for myself that one thing that I discovered, um, some time ago was that I'm a good teacher because what I do well is I build relationships with people. And I think I said this in the post, which is I can't do my job unless I'm building relationships with my students. Somebody had, had said something about, you know, their job comes first, that they show up to do their work, and then the relationship is secondary. I'm sure I'm not quite getting that right. I'm paraphrasing for sure. But for me, it's the total opposite. It's like if I, if there's not a trust, if there's not a connection, and sometimes that takes time, you know, to build. But if that's not there, I can't do my work. I can't bring my best self to the table. And that's just something I know. I mean, that's just something that I've discovered over time. So I stopped doing it the other way around because it became boring and painful and, uh, you know, I wasn't getting laborious. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it like kind of, uh, kind of awful. So, um, I just think it's an interesting well, it becomes work. It becomes, yes. hey, man, you, that, that, now you're going to work. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, yeah, you're trying to pay your bills with Pilates and it's, uh, you know, it's not always the easiest gig to pay your bills with. Uh, yeah, but true. I mean, it, it's, when it starts becoming work, uh, that's, that's not a good thing. You know, that's, yeah. Like, I'm going to the studio. I'm going to see my clients. I'm going to, you know, but when it starts, like, oh, I got to go to work. Yeah. That's not not why you became a Pilates instructor. Yeah. So don't try to make it that. Yeah. So no matter what, you know, it's like, for me, I think about, like, as soon as it felt like, it felt when I was waiting tables, I used to, I used to bartend and wait tables when I was in college and I hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it. I hated it so much that every time I left the door, at the house, I was just like, I hate this job. I cannot stand this job. I cannot wait to be doing this. Why? Stuff. I love, I see, I'm of yeah, course. I was in service industry also. Yeah, I, I know. You're well suited. <laughs> I'm actually I'm more of an introvert than most people would believe, I think. Um, but it was not, it was not my that. shtick. <laughs> at the moment, right. at the moment teaching started to feel like that, I knew I had a problem. <laughs> right, 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 right. I hear um, that. I hear that. Yeah, I missed it. it. Like I, I'm that, no either. joke. I, I do miss uh, waiting table. I just really enjoyed it. Um, of course, you're going to get some jerks in there, but it's just the, you know, I think that teaching Pilates is interacting with people and different people and just, you know, for being provided with, you know, very complex puzzles 
Um, but I mean, waiting tables, you're having, you're like, okay, what kind of a personality am I dealing with? So what type of service am I going to provide them? Um, I I feel like I learned a lot from waiting tables that I apply to, uh, intro sessions and, and, you know, in particular intro sessions, like, okay, what is the temperament of this person and what do I need to provide them to give them a positive Pilates experience? And that's, you know. Some uh, some of your uh, tables when you're when you're a waiter like you're like okay this person wants to joke around they want to hear more about the menu and like other people are like oh this is all business they just want to get in and get out and no small talk so it's uh, uh, and then of course if you have a big table you're dealing with different types of personalities just like if you're in a class I mean mm-hmm. it's, uh, um, I feel like I learned a lot from waiting tables I think everybody should uh, uh, wait tables whether you're a Pilates instructor or not. It's, a, it's an important thing to have to deal with people and, and to realize that some people are just assholes. Yes. And, that, okay. and that's okay. And that's totally. okay. But you also have to learn how to let that roll off your back. Like, yes. okay, this is, this is that, that's, that's this person's trip right now, and I, I can't internalize it yes. because uh, that's, uh, that's no good. That's yeah. no good. It's a good parallel. I had never really thought about it that way. I mean, I don't regret waiting tables. I, too, feel like... Mm-hmm. Being in the service industry, it should be a requirement. Um, just right. like learning to ride a motorcycle should be yeah. a requirement before you get a driver's license. I feel like that should I be. I like that. <laughs> um, but I never liked it, but I never liked it because I'm a snob, you know, and, and it's. <laughs> Uh, I love the intelligence level of Pilates. What I didn't like about waiting tables was, uh, you know, like. You know, I worked at some gourmet places, so that was a bit more interesting. Right. But when you're bartending oh, yeah. at a, you know, at a microbrewery, which I did for a while, right. um, it's yeah. just a little bit uh, lowbrow. Which so you know, yeah. just my snobbiness coming out <laughs> more right. than anything. But hey, I agree. Yeah, we're in a safe place. Keep it real. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You do, you do learn a lot, and um, I always think about that too in terms of tipping. You know, people. Bad tippers are always the people who never waited tables, you know. Don't you think oh, that's yeah. true? Yeah. Um, anyway. I'm actually really excited. I mean, since we're on a podcast, I'm sure we can take turns. Yeah. Um, uh, now that I am a parent yes. uh, with two small children, and I do like to take my kids out, yeah. um, you know, it used to be like, okay, like the baseline of tipping is 15% to 20%, 20%, which is like, you know, that's your baseline. But I feel like if you're bringing kids out to eat and you're bringing in, you're like, they got the, you know, they're just making a complete mess and they're bringing in their own Cheerios and those things are all over the place. Like, I mean, I really think that you have to have a baseline of 30% if you're eating out with kids. I always thought that beforehand, but I thought I would be too much of a jerk to, if I didn't have kids of my own, to be like, come on, if you're bringing kids out and they're just wrecking the table uh, and making a mess everywhere around there that everyone has to clean up. Baseline tipping is 30%. But now that I'm a parent, so that I've been on both sides of it, I'm coming out there and saying it. If you have kids and they go to a restaurant and you wreck the table and there are Cheerios everywhere and crayons and spilled water and it's a hot mess, you better be tipping well over 30%. There, I've said it. I've come out. I've made my all, piece. All the, all the service uh, uh, people um, who uh, listen to this, which I don't know how many people there will be, but they're going yeah. to be... Someone uh, out there is... Someone out there is clapping. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's move on to uh, Pilates metrics. I'm going to let you talk about it. I mean, so uh, it's cool is what I'm going to say. It's it's cool. It's innovative. Um, it's really revolutionary for the Pilates industry. And, it, it, and it's, you know, I've been um, a, a bigger part of it um, 
and, and really, yeah. really so grateful for that. So, you know, as I've gotten to understand it and, and know it better, um, w- one of the things that I'm really impressed by, and I'll let you describe what it is in just a moment, is just that the intent behind it is so, um, you know, it's a big deal, right? What you're doing in terms of collecting, uh, data and trying to make a case, a real research-based case for the value and benefits of Pilates. Um, it's, it's one of these things that I'm positive is going to make a tremendous impact in the health and wellness industry, um, healthcare industry and beyond. Um, so I'm going to let, I have some questions, uh, kind of some yeah. origin questions, but I want, uh, we'll just let you describe a little bit of what Pilates metrics is, Joseph. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll skip the origin part for now if you have some questions. Um, and let's just, uh, instead of talking about big terms like data and healthcare, let's just bring it all the way back to the people who are listening to this podcast uh, the majority of which are Pilates instructors who are professionals, and they are working in a professional environment. Um, the Pilates industry has grown from a small little niche community in New York, and it's spread across the United States and is now around the world, and it's a multi-billion dollar industry with all of these great things happening all around the world. Yet, we as Pilates professionals are still tracking clients' progress with pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. And in 2016, that just seems rather silly. It seems uh, uh, antiquated, no doubt, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, so during my teaching tenure, I realized that, like, okay, these things, you know, there are now smartphones and tablets and these things called apps. And I was just like, there's got to be a way for instructors to, you know, to, instructors deserve their own app. Uh, but I didn't know how it would work. Like, I couldn't just replicate pencil and paper because uh, no one would use it, right? What's the point of adopting technology that does the exact same thing as pencil and paper? It had to really bring something unique to the table. Um, so I grappled with that for a long time, and it was uh, – uh, I, I couldn't figure out what that angle would be. Mm-hmm. And one day I was thinking about it yet again on the way to my uh, way to teach Pilates at five in the morning – getting a cup of coffee, and I, you know, couldn't figure it out yet again uh, <laughs> how this app would work, and I just turned and looked at my fantasy baseball scores, and okay. if, I'm not expecting all the Pilates professionals out there to have a deep understanding of what Pilates, uh, what, you know, saber metrics are and what fantasy baseball is, but just suffice to say that uh, baseball has built a system of numbers, a way to, to examine what's happening within a baseball game uh, using an elaborate system of numbers. And uh, the I realized at that moment that, like, oh, my goodness, like baseball's framework of numbers and statistics, uh, if we, we could apply that to Pilates and actually show the depth of the work in a way in which, you know, if we were able to write, you know, establish uh, a stat line, so to speak, for every Pilates exercise. So, you know, you know, whether it's biomechanics or anatomy or level of difficulty or apparatus, you know, there's all of these different uh, uh, categories in which to look at a single exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized if we created the proper framework that we could then all of a sudden start to write about Pilates in an extremely long binary code. So in zeros and ones, writing about the nuances of the movement. Um, 
And in so doing, if one could really write this code, <laughs> then a Pilates instructor, instead of checking something off with a pencil and paper, they'd be able to just attack the exercises that they've completed with their clients. And at the end of the session, when they hit enter, if all of that information for each exercise is embedded within it in a long set of zeros and ones, okay. all of those exercises could then add down and then we would be able to create all kinds of graphs, starts, and chats, you know, charts, and be able to aggregate those over time, looking at, you know, what did you do today for a session versus this week versus this month versus all time. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, and that would be really useful information for an instructor, right, from client acquisition to client development to, uh, you know, developing them over time to show them, hey, this is how you are progressing in the work. Because Pilates doesn't operate in the traditional forms of, uh, uh, of unit measurements, right? It's not like we're adding weight. So, you know, I worked with Cal football for a long time, and I was working with these other coaches uh, who you know, if someone was benching 300 pounds and then all of a sudden were benching 350 pounds, they were clearly stronger. Right. Or if they ran their 40 time in 4.4 seconds and now they're at 4.2 seconds, they're clearly faster. Right. Uh, the the thing is that Pilates doesn't have those very simple units of measurement. Right. Um, just, you know, saying how many exercises, you, know, you can say like, oh, I did 27 exercises. Well, that doesn't really tell the story of what's happening. Right. So the idea that if an instructor could just tap on what exercises they've done instead of checking it off with a pencil, but then all of a sudden had all of these graphs and charts, that would be worth something. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, okay, I've got it. Like, there's the angle. Like, if we can apply baseball saber metrics to Pilates, we can really start to create this really fun, immersive experience between the instructor and client. The client would learn more, and the instructor's job, you know, the, their, the value of all the intellectual knowledge in their head, all these things that a Pilates instructor has to know, all of, you know, everything about each apparatus to, you know, what's happening at the anatomy, what's happening in the joint system, with the, all of these various aspects of the human body, if their mind and thought processes could be beautifully demonstrated in a, in a digital presentation at the end of every single session without any extra input from the instructor, that would be incredibly, incredibly valuable. <laughs> and it was so, yes. Oh, no, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at that point I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. All right. We've got it. Right. We've got, you know, I I figured out the angle on how this would work. Um, I had that epiphany moment, uh, a Eureka moment Hmm. in, uh, August 5th, 2014. (laughs) Um, so it was after that, that I started researching more like, okay, how does one get an app built? How does one do this? Um, and at that point I was looking for the app to be, and you know, I was just like, okay, how do you build uh, a native app? And by native, uh, that, that term means that the all of the information is stored directly on the iPad, right? I have the app, and it lives on there, and that's where it stays, right? So uh, the you know, and, and that and the cost of that app would have been around twenty five to thirty five thousand hmm. uh, dollars, which is a lot of money for a plug instructor. But I was like researching it, and, you know, talking with different people. And then I talked with one friend who, uh, he's one of those people who works in San Francisco and I quite don't quite understand what his job is. Uh, <laughs> we're buddies from way back. And all of a sudden he started, he heard what I was working on. And so he's like, let's go out and have some dinner tonight. So I went out and met up with him in San Francisco and he just started grilling me about what I was working on. Uh, and I was just like, I, uh, you know, it's like, whoa, this is my friend, Brian. This is not his buddy, buddy voice. This is like his work voice. Uh-huh. And, I was just, and he, it turns out that he works, you know, does 
biotech hedge fund work, like projecting where markets are going. Oh. And he's, he's like, listen, I don't know much of anything about Pilates. Uh, you know, I, I'd asked him to come in the studio many times. He always would had some uh, elaborate excuse. <laughs> uh, but he, So he's just like, I don't know much about Pilates, but I don't think anyone is going to argue that, that it's not good for you. He's like, if you took what you're working on right now, and instead of making it native on the app, you put it up in the cloud, and now every Pilates instructor and every client and every studio, it's all going up into this one big cloud, you would be able to start to build this big, huge database. And you know, a de-identified database where you take their names, you take their identifying information, but then you have all of this you know, information, and that's where you can really start to do analytics and demonstrate you know, what you guys are accomplishing and, and what's the best uh, plan of attack for di- you know, different types of people. So I was like, whoa, that sounds awesome. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, let's start investigating you know, integrated cloud technology. You know, so at this point, uh, you have to know that my wife and I, you know, we have our studio in Berkeley, we have a one-year-old daughter, um, and we're just like, you know, we're cruising along. Like we're, we have this nice little life for ourselves. I'm working with the Cal football program and all the athletic program at Cal. I've got this great account with them. We've got a nice studio on Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley. We're living in the Bay Area. Cute kid. Life is good. Um, and then it was like, oh my gosh, like the potential of this. Like we could actually start to prove, you know, besides providing an amazing tool for individual instructors, we could actually start to build the database, the, the framework to start to prove that Pilates is beneficial. And the more I was researching it, you know, this is in 2014, that, you know, whether it was McKinsey or whether it was Goldman Sachs, um, you know, everyone, you know, IBM, everyone was talking about, like, the future of healthcare reform is in predictive analytics and preventative care. Uh-huh. I'm going to say that one more time because it's really, really important. The future of healthcare reform is in predictive analytics and preventative care. That, you know, all these doctors, all the medical community, all the insurance companies, they've all gone digital. And so now when you go to the doctor, you, you know, the, you're, you're building these electronic medical records, and they're building their huge databases. And we're going to get to a point in the near future where you can predict patient outcomes, that you can start to know that some, you know, someone's going to need back surgery seven years out or a hip replacement four years out, okay. that, these, that you're about to be able to tell what's going to happen to someone years in advance, which is fascinating, right? Yeah. But the, the idea is that, then what's that opening up, this huge market for preventative care? And what's Pilates? It's preventative care! It's just like, oh my gosh, this is like, we could really do this. We could really put ourselves, you know, in the front curve of where technology is going, where digital health is going, this whole idea of big data. You know, it's just like, let's put ourselves on the map, right? Let's create the differentiator because that yeah. is who we are with Pilates, right? We we look at problems and don't just say, well, if you can't do a roll-up, do a hundred more. Like, no, of course not. We're like, right. okay, let's let's look at some other let's bring you over to the Cadillac. Let's use the roll down bar. Let's you know, let's how can we approach this human body puzzle and you know, create success for you? Which is, you know, that's that, you know, that what we are doing, our approaches that we generate over time as instructors, like we're we're developing problems and you know, analyzing problems and trying to figure out predict the best route for success. Mm-hmm. So if all of a sudden that we as a Pilates industry or have a cloud-based network where we're all putting in what our you know, what our approaches are, then all of a sudden, like you know, the teachers of tomorrow 
could be able to harness the collective wisdom of every Pilates instructor that came before them. And that if someone has an issue that they're working on, you can be able to present to that in, you know, to that client, like, hey, this is this is where you will be in six months if you come twice a week. This is where you'll be if you come uh, three times a week. This is where you'll be. And that idea that like you can actually start to uh, create models for instructor for clients and instructors. You know, the instructors are teaching smarter and safer, and the clients are you know what's going to happen. Like it's just a complete game changer. Yeah. Um. So so it's just like okay, let's get into this cloud technology. Um, so we started, we went to, a, you know, we went to San Francisco and we got in with multiple different, you know, in, interviewing with different app development firms. Uh, conveniently, I was in Berkeley, so I went right across to San Francisco where there's no shortage of app development yeah, Right. Um, and um, we were pitching some of them and like, <laughs> they were looking at me like I was a <laughs> lunatic because I'm like, okay, so I'm a Pilates instructor, but I've developed this binary framework inspired by baseball. <laughs> and they're just like, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, and if you're just gently being rebuked to outright being like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but we finally connected with uh, this one uh, company called ArcTouch, um, and they uh, are big-time heavy hitters in that they've developed the apps for Audi, for uh, Yahoo, for you know, uh, for Sutter Health, for Merck. Like they are big-time. This is you know one of the highest-end folks there, and it just so happened that the, the person that I was pitching it to. Is a huge baseball fan. Uh-huh. Loves the Giants, and so he immediately understood what we were doing, and the fact that Pilates, you know, that digital health was this. It was this back in 2014 that like digital health is going to start. You know, it's just the next big thing. Um, so they were like, okay, in order for us to really like this looks amazing. This is a project that we would take in, but in order for us to understand it, to scope it out, to figure how long it's going to take, how much it's going to cost, what it's going to look like, get your mock-ups, do the whole thing, that's $15,000. Uh-huh. So for a husband-wife Pilates team with a daughter who's one, just to find out how much this cloud-based integrated network for Pilates would cost is uh, $15,000. And so it's just like, you know what, like, all right, we got to go for this. We got to do it. And at that point, we we decided to, my wife's from the Central Valley. Her parents have a dairy farm uh, out in Oakdale. And we decided, like, let's shut down our studio. Let's move out to the dairy farm. It's one thing to come up with the idea of this. You know, binary algorithm for Pilates. It's a whole another thing to actually do all those computations. Um, so it's like, let's go on there and start working on this, and like really, you know, getting a feel for it. We can always come back to Berkeley. We can always expand the studio back out. Let's let's go. Let's get into this. So we went out there. We saved up our pennies, and we were getting ready to spend fifteen thousand dollars on a discovery phase. When uh, and we had we had a book, and we were ready to go. And my wife comes up and taps me on the shoulder and says, "I'm pregnant." Uh-huh. Um, as you can imagine, not planned. Um, so then it was like, well, and I said, babe, we don't have to do this. Like, we did not, like, this, that $15,000 could go a long way in other places. Um, and she said, no, this is too big. Like, the potential of, you know, she's a Pilates instructor as well. So she's like, yeah, the, the idea of us being able to accomplish this and to help Joseph Pilates' vision of you know, what the power of Pilates actually align itself and integrate with uh, traditional healthcare, it's too big. Um, so we, so we went for it and we, uh, got in there with engineers and designers and it was super intense and they came back with mock-ups and a, uh, price tag of $224,000. Uh, 
which is a lot of money <laughs> just for the development. Uh, yeah. And the, you know, that, that doesn't include any of the lawyer fees or any of intellectual property or all these other things. But it was to, you know, again, we we're like, okay, like, let's, let, you know, this is, this is, we got to go for it. Right. So uh, we stayed out at the dairy and we started working on the computations and uh, through the help of one of my clients, tying it back into our earlier conversation. Uh-huh. One of my clients who loved Pilates was also, you know, he had uh, he was worked with venture capital firms. Uh, he is just a brilliant entrepreneur, and he was supportive of us. And he's like, I will help you through this. I will guide you, right? Like, he, you know, I will. And so, you know, he, he introduced us to lawyers for, you know, forming the corporation and then going, securing intellectual property and, you know, filing for software patents for this, you know, algorithm that we had and uh, raising capital and going out and, you know, pitching investors. It's been a, a, you know, all of a sudden, you know, us Pilates kids are all of a sudden, you know, running a startup in San Francisco, all in secret because we didn't want, you know, we didn't want any of you know, because Pilates is an industry and we didn't want this, uh, uh, you know, this. There's competition out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a small community. It's a positive community. But, you know, this is, this is an idea. So um, we worked on it for, you know, and uh, raised the capital and went into development and had a baby in the process of it all. <laughs> uh, and uh, we were going to unveil it at uh, – uh, we unveiled it at the Pilates Method Alliance Conference in Denver uh, last year, 2015. And it made quite, you know, we were about to launch it. And the, uh, the response was so positive. People were so excited. Yeah, and what so we weren't ready for was that, like, heads of other schools, like, not just the instructors were like, oh, man, this is going to change everything. This is awesome. It's a great tool, but it's also going to contribute to validating Pilates as an industry and connect us to, you know, the, to the future. Um, all of a sudden, not only are we using pencil and paper, which is antiquated, no, we are like getting into analytics and you know cloud-based systems, uh, which really demonstrate you know it's, it's a clear differentiator as to the sophistication of the people within this industry, right? That like we are not we're not bozos, right? I mean, if you become a Pilates instructor, you're getting deep into the human body and you're getting deep into understanding problems and fixing them. And it's, you know, you're, this is, this is serious work. Right. Uh, and so, and not everybody knows that. But of course, like, I mean, it's like it, 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 to many people, Pilates is simply anecdotal, right? They don't understand the complexity of it. Right. So by establishing the fact that we are now cloud-based, it's just like, oh, wait, what? That's going to draw a lot of attention from people outside of our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our goal was always like we don't want to be in Cosmopolitan magazine. We want to be in Wired magazine, mm-hmm. um, and 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 draw the, the the attention from you know those parts of the world that you know that that we're we mean business as an industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but we realized that you know of course that we have in trying to create this uh, um, you know building this app. We on, on version 1.0 of our prototype, we had 516 exercises, and we had classical exercises, we had contemporary exercises, we had archival exercises, we had stuff from Bozzi, we had stuff from Balanced Body. I mean, the we were trying to just have a little bit of everything, but the, the library was, you know, honestly a mess, right? Okay. It was just overwhelming and unwieldy. And we realized that weekend, um, you know, it was our, it was always our intention, like in our earlier pitch decks that we wanted to work with the schools and kind of adapt and to, you know, to do that, that was always our plan, but it was our COO at Pilates metrics and co-founder Duke Courtnall, who at the conference in the middle of all this excitement and celebration and all these people were like, yeah, he just says, we 
we need to not launch. We're not launching. That's not it. We're, we're not ready. Wow. Like, so we're like, okay. And he's like, no, what we need to do right now, we need to pivot. And we need to make this software as a service. Like, let's make it so this is a platform and form partnerships with all of these schools that are interested so they can create their own custom library of exercises with all the biomechanics and anatomy and their own sequences and add their own apparatus so it matches perfectly with their students' education and their textbooks so it's seamless. Uh, so not only it's going to help with adoption of the technology, it's going to also help with distribution. Uh, and that way that, you know, ourselves, we can continue, continue to develop the technology and, and add new features and, and geek out and be nerds in San Francisco as opposed to us trying to infiltrate markets around the United States. Right. Um, and so it seemed like a brilliant move. And so we thought we were about to launch and we did it. Right. So we pulled back. We pivoted. We went back to our development firm. We had to start raising, you know, to build this customizable platform was another couple hundred thousand bucks. Um, so it was back to fundraising and doing all these things. So it has been uh, over two years. Uh, the platform is done. Uh, you yourself, Chantel, have built your own library of exercises for skillful teaching. Yes, uh, we have participants from Polestar Pilates, who are, they have theirs, Fletcher Pilates, uh, Alicia Ngaro Real Pilates, Core Concepts, McIntyre, like a lot of different contemporary to old school Pilates people are getting in there and like, I'm building my own, which is incredible because it's, you know, we're seeing the creativity of all the, you know, of other people within this industry, yet all the information is going to still funnel up to that same master database we're talking about because the human body is still the human body, right? Even if you're using plantar flexion in, in an exercises versus, uh, you know, plantar flexion versus dorsiflexion between two opposing schools, that's not going to throw off the, o the overarching positivity of bodies, right? right? So that the because the raw material is the human body, the data is still valuable across different uh, across different schools and lineages. So here we are. We're now two years and two and a half months after I came up with uh, the concept for Pilates metrics after checking out my baseball stats, cool. uh, and now all of a sudden Pilates is this week right now launching a it's digitally integrated network that will allow Pilates instructors to communicate with their clients digitally um, and share reports with them to, to help them grow their business and stoke out their clients while contributing to an uh, overall de-identified database to, to demonstrate the long-range benefits of Pilates and show how the preventative properties of, of Pilates are indeed true. Because when it comes time, you know, the fact that as everyone knows now, Apple is getting into digital health and wearables are blowing up and all of these, you know, all of these various players. My, my friend back in 2014 was indeed right. Uh, digital health is exploding right now. And so all Pilates metrics is positioning itself to be a part of that. And uh, we were validated uh, for our mission uh, by one of the largest uh, healthcare industry, uh, firms in the world, uh, Pfizer Healthcare, of all people, uh, paid for us to do a six-month uh, um, discovery, a, a accelerator called Innovations in Health and Wellness, um, which was hosted at a local tech uh, campus in San Francisco. So we've been, you know, we've been uh, given the opportunity to learn from some of the brightest minds in digital health, as well as just general tech in San Francisco. Um, and it's really exciting to see all of these outsiders in the tech world and the in the you know, in the uh, digital health sphere uh, looking at what Pilates as an industry is doing 
you know, because I may have created Pilates metrics with my team, but it wouldn't be anywhere without the help of all the people that have supported us along the way and that are participating in it. So I like to think of it as our our entity, yeah. um, and it's it's really exciting to see uh, you know Silicon Valley like like raise their eyebrows and be like, whoa, Pilates, you guys are you guys are going digital, huh? My goodness, and that's yeah. and that's something to really to you know that we need to appreciate if you think about digital you know, digitalization that that basic concept, right? Look at what happened when music went digital, right. or photography went digital, or biology, or medicine, right? As soon as it crosses from the analog to the digital, all of a sudden, like, the flow of information, the participation just goes through the roof. It goes exponential. And that is where what we want for the Pilates industry. We want to uh, grow it exponentially uh, and allow every Pilates instructor to be as successful uh, as they are supposed to be, and to to, uh, to make Pilates you know, a recognized and understood uh, profession. So yeah. it's uh, yeah. So that was the short version of what you've been going on. Uh, yeah. Well, you um, very honestly uh, answered the questions that I had. Um, I remember uh, think maybe talking to you last year before the PMA, um, and or reading about the the baseball. Um, inspiration and um, it was great that you you shared that with us because I think that's super super interesting um, just the way that you know they catalog uh, and track you know the stats for the the different players that was that was always really interesting to me to see where the idea came from so it's it's ready and it will be available for people when Yes. So the so the idea is that we have uh, uh, there is a studio version as well as an independent contractor version. We know that there are many Pilates instructors out there who are you know lone wolves, um, so they can just subscribe directly via the um, the uh, the app store. Uh, it's iPad based because you know, if you're working with a client, you want it to be. It would, the idea is that it's unobtrusive, right? That that you can, that just kind of, the, your app sits on the side of the studio and you're doing your normal teaching. Uh, if you get to something, you know, if you don't get to something, you can just swipe it off your list. Um, you know, it's a, the, but the, the idea is we want it to be something that you can look at quickly and make quick adjustments to during your session. And then it's easily shareable with your client. They can look and see what your thought process is and what the, the results are. But it's, uh, yeah, but for the independent contractor, it's easily, easy to just go right onto the app store. Um, and download it. It's nineteen ninety nine per month, which is unlimited clients, unlimited data, and that'll also give you access to, you know, as we build this out, we're going to be running all kinds of analytics uh, that to be given back to the people within our network, mm-hmm. people who are subscribers. You know, we're going to start running reports on osteoporosis or prenatal care or, you know, all of these different ways that we can utilize the stats to demonstrate the power of Pilates and then provide them back to the uh, practitioners, the actual subscribers to it, as collateral. So it's the idea that you know, you're not only getting reports that validate your approach or give you insights to your approach, it also allows you, you'll be presented to you in a way that then you can use it to reach out to your local osteopath or your mm-hmm. local mm-hmm. orthopedic surgeon and, and demonstrate like, hey, this is the new technology that we're using. This is the practice that I use, and these are the results we're getting. That's you know, right. just to so kind of open awesome. up those referral sources because we want this to be an educational tool, but also a business tool that makes okay. you know getting new clients, retaining new clients, and uh, you know, opening up yourself as a business uh, all that more successful. Mm-hmm. 
So a studio, a studio version, and an independent contractor version, and people. Right. Can't... So, so the studio version is uh, we worked with Alicia Ungaro, who knows a thing or two about running a studio, uh, and so she was kind of guiding us, like, okay, we want to have it so at the studio version that, that you're able to share clients, that you know the the instructors don't need to see their personal information or contact information; they just need to know. That, you know, can I work with this person or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know, your the stats are all adding up. So, Chantil, you see someone on Tuesday, and I see them on Friday. What they did with each of us still combines into their own personal stats. So, right. you know, the stats are combining, and you know, the exercises they're learning. What is their repertoire of exercises? You know, what are, what uh, apparatus are they working on? Um, it's still you know we can still see it together. So, if I am it's Thursday night. And you just taught them on Tuesday, and I'm about to teach them on Friday. I need, I should be able from home on my couch, uh, be able to you know, just log into my iPad, take a look around. And I'm like, oh, cool, they did reformer, they did this, blah blah blah. Okay, I'm gonna get them on the mat tomorrow, and do a little. You know, it seems like you know they didn't get as much hip extension. You know, Chantel did all of this upper body stuff, but then now it's more hip extension. So I'm gonna make sure we get, you know, we get our sidekick series, and we're gonna do side leg series, and you know. So then all of a sudden when that client shows up, you already have a plan and you're in, I'm informed from you and I essentially have had a conversation in a way, you, you and I as instructors, uh, and that instru- that client walks in and it's just like, okay, this instructor isn't just winging it. They're just not like pulling exercises out of the hat. We're building on something right. and we're developing it together. So it's like we're – and then – you know, as the studio owner, Alicia Angaro, if we were in this situation, uh, this hypothetical situation, um, that, that uh, Alicia Angaro would be able to monitor what you and I are doing. So if she sees, you know, she's like, hey, guys, why, hasn't they, why haven't they been on the step barrel in so, in so long? Or, you know, those types of uh, quality assurance and oversight, uh, you know, there's all ways for us to provide better care to the client, to the, mm-hmm. the customers. So um, it's, yeah, and then and as a studio, then uh, they, we are offer, offering both discounts. So it's you know just to get going uh, for the remainder of 2016, it's only five bucks per, per per instructor for the rest of the year. So if you're a studio owner and you want to try this out at your studio, uh, if you want to try it out for five of your instructors for twenty five bucks, you can have it for October, November, December. Uh, we just want people to play with it because we know it is a game changer. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be especially in, you know especially us launching it now when we're kind of going into a quieter period with uh, uh, with Pilates. You know, it's, the holidays are obviously a slower time, which is good because that'll allow instructors to kind of play with the app and see how we've constructed it because we want to make it so it's so easy. It's it is it's it's very easy to use, but there are all these little shortcuts and ways that you know you can access. You, know, you can instead of having to check off all the exercises in intermediate mat, you can just tap intermediate mat and slide it over, and all those exercises populate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are all these fun stats and graphs and charts and you know all, notes and all those things that uh, all these little fun features that are going to make teaching that much easier uh, while accelerating your value. So awesome! So awesome! So so you guys, uh, this version with the partner libraries, the school libraries. Um, was just approved last week. Is that right? Yes, with Apple. Yep. And so then, we're we're cleared for takeoff, and uh, actually, we just started yesterday. We're kind of rolling it out slowly. We're gonna have kind of the big launch at the PMA conference at the end of the month. But uh, yesterday, Washington Avenue Pilates in Houston, one of our partner schools and partner studios, uh, they uh, they rolled it out uh, yesterday, uh, Monday. So it is the 
you know, the Pilates has officially crossed the digital threshold. <laughs> Much love to WAP Pilates in uh, Houston. They're the first digitally integrated Pilates studio. Awesome. Awesome. So the bottom line is you all should check it out, PilatesMetrics.com. Um, if you're going to be at the PMA, then you should definitely check it out. Joseph will be there. Come holla at me. Yeah, I will be there. I'm going to be spending a lot of time at the booth, I hope. You'll see me around. Yes. Um, happy to talk to you about the Skillful Teaching Library, which I just have to say has been so, so epically awesome. Um, really hard. A lot of work, but so awesome to yes. create. Um, That's one of the things that's so fat. Like for me, you know, we created, first we created an app, which was a tool for instructors. And then we pivoted the company to make it a platform, right? So that would then allows other people to create off of it, right? Yeah, and so exactly. watching these different people, you know, whether it's Curious Sabin with Fletcher or whether it's Alicia Ngaro with Real Pilates or whether it's Chantil who's like, okay, you know, I'm going to go with my off-the-mat series, right? Mm-hmm. With, you know, your, this amazing series dealing with mindfulness and getting into your body where you're going to create your own set, uh, you know, it's, it's off the mat is its own uh, apparatus, right. and it's because, you know, but it also has its own sequences, and, you know, all of a sudden, I, as someone who's known Chantel for so long, a watching you build your own app on our platform, it's like, I all of a sudden have a deeper appreciation of, of who you are and what yeah. you are trying to accomplish with it as a teacher, um, and that's going to be, you know, it's going to floor everybody, so that's, it's really exciting <laughs> to see, you know, this is, I, I saw, allows itself for creativity and it's just really exciting to see people bust it out yeah yeah it's been awesome it's been so awesome and i'm um excited for you joseph you and Quinn have created and you know duke and all those others who are involved um such an awesome amazing thing um can't wait until everybody's using it i'm gonna let you go i have held you hostage for a very long time Great time. Yeah, thank always you. Down, always down to chat. Yeah, thank you for making the time in the midst of all of the craziness. I'm sure it's amping up, too, as you get closer to the PMA conference. Um, oh, yeah, spinning plates. Spinning lots of plates. <laughs> That's right. Um, anything all right, else? but tomorrow, tomorrow I've got a ballerina birthday party for my daughter. Oh, so that's fantastic, all good. fantastic. Nothing like changing gears, huh, from moment to moment. Exactly, exactly. Um, anything else, Joseph, you feel like people need to know besides going to um, the website and checking out the details? No, just keep on teaching. Keep on, keep on believing. Uh, yeah, we're, it's an exciting time in the world, you know, that the uh, – the idea of big data that you know that all of a sudden you know, the, the concept of big data is going to be should be bigger than the internet. That's that's just a fact because the the amount of information that we are each generating as individuals. Uh, if you look at the last two years, uh, 2015 and 2016 to date, uh, we as a civilization has have generated more information than all of humanity. From the dawn of time up to 2014, Isn't that um, that's wild? the kind of you know the exponential amount of information that we're generating as individuals with our smartphones and now our wearables and uh, with electronic medical records and everything else that's gone digital. And the, the the power of analytics is going to you know really start to change the way we take care of ourselves, which means the value of the of preventative care is only going to escalate. So in a sense, I'd like to say that every listener here, every Pilates instructor is a visionary unto themselves because that, you know, you all have adopted Pilates as your way of life and a way of helping others. 
and that that vision is going to be validated by the greater healthcare community. So way to go. Awesome. And in closing, uh, you just gave me, I think, the title for our podcast, Big Data, with some very clever, clever subtitle. Um, All right, Joseph, I will be seeing you very soon. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, that's a wrap, folks. All right. Awesome. You're a mystery to me, and I'm not asking for the key, but I hope that you let me in the